It's Wednesday, the 6th of December. It has just gone 2pm. Mark that down in your diaries, ladies and gentlemen, because this is the moment that the game of golf has changed very significantly. And that is why we are doing a very special episode of the Bunker Podcast. An emergency episode, if you will. Is it an emergency? We'll get into that in a second. But yes, welcome to this very special ep of the Bunker Podcast, presented by Callaway. Michael McEwen here, Bryce Ritchie is here, Alex Perry is here, his first time in the recording studio. That should tell you how serious <laughs> this is. It's huge. It's huge. It's massive. So what are we doing over the next half hour or so? We are responding to the news and to be fair, the much anticipated news of a golf ball rollback. The RNA and the USGA in their email that has just landed in our desks. The subject line, the RNA and USGA announced decision to revise golf ball testing conditions beginning in 2028. So what does that mean? I'll bring in the guys in a second, but in the first instance, let me just let me just fill you in on what they are saying. So sit back, relax, strap in. The RNA and USGA will update the testing conditions used for golf ball conformance under the overall distance standard, which will take effect from January 2028. The decision aims to reduce the impact increased hitting distances have on golf's long-term sustainability while minimising the impact on the recreational game. The revised ball testing conditions will be as follows. Some numbers come in. <laughs> Pay attention. This is where Jennifer Aniston would say, here's the science bit, concentrate, except with less of a Scottish accent. 125 mile per hour club head speed, equivalent to 183 mile per hour ball speed, Spin rate of 2,220 RPM and launch angle of 11 degrees. The current conditions, which were established 20 years ago, are set at 120 miles per hour. That's equivalent to 176 miles per hour ball speed. 2,520 or 2,520 RPM with a 10 degree launch angle. Blah, 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 blah. A lot more data, a lot more stuff. Basically, it comes down to this. The longest hitters are expected to see a reduction of as much as 13 to 15 yards in driving distance. Average professional tour and elite male players are expected to see a reduction of 9 to 11 yards, with a 5 to 7 yard reduction for an average LET or LPGA player. This is where it gets interesting. The change in testing speed is expected to have a minimal distance impact, 5 yards or less, for most recreational golfers. That's right, ladies and gents, you are affected. Forget the stuff you've heard before about bifurcation. That ain't happening. This is going to impact you five yards or less, so we're told. Research shows an average swing speed of 93 miles per hour for male golfers. That must be nice. And 72 miles per hour for female players. A lot more stuff there, but also a comment later on about... The fact that this isn't just going to potentially impact driving distance, this is also also going to include an expanded testing approach to better detect driver creep. That's right, it's not just golf balls, drivers are also going to be looked at. This can result in drivers exceeding the limits set out in the equipment rules. The governing bodies will also continue to monitor drivers and explore possible additional options related to distance. Specifically, they say we will research the forgiveness of drivers and how they perform with off-centre hits. Lots of quotes and comment from Mike Wan at the USGA and Martin Slumbers at the RNA. 
You can read all about that in more detail at the Bunkered website, bunkered.co.uk, where we have all the news and we have reaction. But you're tuning into a podcast you want to hear, not read the reaction. So straight away, Bunkered editor Bryce Ritchie, you have been writing about golf for over 20 years. You were at one time the Bunkered equipment editor. You have written about rollback probably more than most. You are fascinated by the prospect of rollback. You are a complete equipment nerd. Do give us your reaction <laughs> to all of this news. <laughs> I have to say my head's been spinning the last few days because I've probably changed my mind a million times about rollback. Um, I've, everyone knows I'm massively against bifurcation. That is a dirty word. I'm glad that the bodies, uh, PG of America, I believe, were one that stood up against it and said, we don't want this. Nobody wanted it. Uh, interestingly, Tiger said the other day, he didn't. He, he's actually in favour of bifurcation. I think it's disgusting. Don't want it anywhere near golf. <laughs> So supposedly the next best thing we've got in order to save the game down the line is a rollback. However, what I take from this is that yeah, this probably isn't enough. Not what enough? Find, in in well, what way? I mean, all of this, right? We've had all this talk, all this debate. Everyone is swearing at each other on Twitter, all falling out with each other on Twitter. I've been blocked by people. You've been blocked by people. It's just a farce. We all hate each other. For five yards for recreational golfers. <laughs> Genuinely, and I, I know that's you're laughing, but I, I, it's no distance at all. That's really not that big a deal. That's five I, yards if you're consistent as well. Yeah. It's not just five yards off of every shot you yeah. hit. And the other thing is, 13, it's 13 to 15 yards. They expect a, a drop for the longest tour players. What's the point? That's my... That, okay. I, I don't see... I mean, the PGA Tour have come out and said in the last 20 minutes that they think they've gone too far. I actually have the opinion that if you're going to do this, and we'll debate the merits of whether you should do it, if you're going to do this, go all out, basically. But it looks like they're, to use their word, they're creeping into the <laughs> world of yeah. rollback. 13 to 15 yards for longest tour players. How many times have you watched a PG Tour event where Rory or somebody is 40 to 50 yards in front of his competition? Mm. See the guys already in front of that guy's a long hitter. But Rory is 50 yards in front of him. 13 yards is... In, in my, honestly, I think it's a waste of time. Alex, your own thoughts <laughs> on that, but also on the announcement, if, if you disagree with Price or agree with him. I don't disagree with him at all. I think it's I think it's become a little bit like golf's Brexit, hasn't it? Now, I certainly don't want to go down that <laughs> oh, line, wow. but we live in this world now where this dirty social media world where you're either in the red corner or the blue corner yeah. and if, if you're shouting the loudest then you're the person that needs to be heard and it, and it feels a lot like that I'm incredibly on the fence about this all I, I'm not learned enough on this uh, topic as certainly as learned as, as Bryce is to be able to go out there and go this is how I feel about it so I'm 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 in this fascinating position where I'm willing to accept opinion from both sides and at the end of it just kind of go oh do you know what We're, it's not going to affect our enjoyment of the game I'm not going to go I mean I'm going to be pushing 50 when this comes in like I'm not going to go out and play golf when I'm 48 49 whenever this comes in and start not enjoying the game as a result I'm really I, I really do want to have the bifurcation discussion with you because I am interested to know why you're so against it because I, I think that you're going to say to me there's something quite romantic about playing the same equipment, playing the same golf courses as the pros. But the argument is surely that we don't do that anyway, whether it's equipment yeah, or we, courses. Let's have that argument in a minute, because I, I think there's 
the the actual biggest thing I take from this is that I got the impression from this release from the both of them that USG and the R and, and the RNA that this is actually just the start. You know, they're looking at uh, the correct terminology they use is. Um, forgive me while I, I find it on the release. It, Do you, uh, it feels like more while you're looking for that. It feels more like a. A, a golf ball pause rather than a rollback. Like it's sort of saying, do you know what? This is enough. Let's just leave it here. It doesn't really feel like they're rolling back. Well, I think certainly not enough back, to make it. They're going to roll back the golf ball because that's what this test will do. But it says right, and they've planted it sort of near the end. And I, I liked it with the very first quote from Mike Wan is governance is hard. <laughs> I thought, that's a typical... Now, that's not a Martin Slumber's way of speaking. That's a USGA American term. This is hard. And they know it. They're addressing the fact that this is not an easy decision, which I wholly respect, because everyone's got a say in this. From punters to tour players to manufacturers to golf course architects, designers... And whatever you do, you're not going to please yeah, everyone. Retailers. Um, it... So it says, in addition to the new ball testing conditions, the governing bodies will expand the testing approach to better detect driver creep, which can result in drivers exceeding the limits set out in the equipment rules. What that means is that the more you use a driver, the more it actually bypasses the limits that are previously set, which that driver will already have passed. So they are well aware that there are drivers being used, maybe for four or five months on tour, that have actually passed the test, but four or five months down the line are exceeding the limits and they're just creeping. I like that word creep that they're using to describe this. So that to me says there, this is not singularly focused on the rollback. Now, just so everyone knows, I've, I'm, I've, I'm pros and cons on this. I, I see the benefits of both, of not doing a rollback and doing a rollback. And it's going to be on our site later mm -hmm. on to so have a read. However, I already know that that's that was unexpected to everybody that they were going to look at the driver. Yeah, no, everyone, nobody every, knew that. Everyone assumed that this was a golf, a, a, a golf ball and golf ball only change. So the, the driver part of it is undoubtedly interesting. I do want to hear your answer to Alex's question about bifurcation, though, because I think I know the answer. But just so this a, as a reminder, pros already this argument that pros already use sorry sorry use uh, different equipment isn't really you can buy that gear you can go and buy Rory McIlroy's driver with his shaft with his grip with his shaft weight shaft length you can dial down you won't be able to driver. hit it but you can buy you it you might not be able to hit it yeah but you can buy it so and unless and sorry unless Rory McIlroy starts putting tailor-made super game improvement irons in his back he's not playing the same golf clubs yeah, I am but but you can still buy those clubs but you have the option to do that and that's what's good about golf as I've said this before is like the the course record at uh, the old course is 61 you can turn up on the back tees play the exact same clubs as a tour pro in the same weather play the same golf ball, you know, go out even on the week after the Open and go and put those fairways will be the same distance. Maybe the greens might be a bit quicker. And you can go and see why you shoot 91 and not 61. And that's the same level playing field for everybody. As soon as you take that away from golf, I think the sport changes overnight and not for the better because you can't do what they do. It's like me taking my... Uh, VW Golf and try to race an F1 car it's a waste of time but put me in an F1 car and I'll probably kill myself 
But I now I know what it's like to drive an F1 car. If you've ever played with a tour player, you know, I, I've, I'm not boasting, but I've played with major champions. I've played with DP World Tour players. I've played with PGA Tour players. You guys have as well. You know, after three or four holes, when they are three or four shots ahead of you and you're playing quite well, it's a different world. You get an appreciation of how fucking good they are. Soon as bifurcation come in, comes in, that's gone. And luckily, it looks like we're not going to have to face that. But just, yeah. I, know, I know there'll be a lot of people listening to this right now, Bryce, and they'll be saying, wait a minute, we cannot play the same gear that Rory McIlroy plays. Rory McIlroy tweeted about this at the weekend. So I, I just want to press you on that just for the benefit of people who are listening because I think your insights are going to be interesting on it. Rory said, the governing bodies presented us with the option of bifurcation earlier this year. Elite pros and ball manufacturers think bifurcation would negatively affect their bottom lines, but in reality, the game is already bifurcated. You think we play the same stuff as you do? So Rory seems to be hinting there that you can't and you don't play the same equipment that the likes of he can play. But you're saying that if you were to go and look hard enough, if you were foolish enough to go and get it, you could. Yeah, you can order that stuff. It's all on the USGA's conforming list. You know, TaylorMade will release or Callaway will release a, a driver and there will be three or four versions of that in the Callaway model. There might be another two on the USGA's conforming list or the RNA's conforming list that have got some sort of draw buyers or a different degree. But they are largely exactly the same driver. That the brands are not interested in selling you something that you that the tour players are playing that you cannot buy. Mm -hmm. For example, our headline sponsor, when James played well at the uh, came third at the World Long Drive Championship, they did not want us talking about that long driver because they don't sell it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And to be honest, nobody uses it. Nobody James, should. Nobody James should. should. Nobody James else is should. the only one that uses it. So there's, and every driver that you buy has to be conforming. Every driver that they play on tour has to be conforming. So you can use their gear. But so that argument to me doesn't wash. There's 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 more to it than that. Okay. There is so much more to the discussion about whether we're focusing on a golf ball, whether we should be focusing on the bigger pictures. I'm very interested that they're looking at drivers. Okay. Alex, the timing is very interesting with this announcement. And I'm sure there'll be people listening to this pod right now saying the game is in unbelievable health. Post COVID, the numbers have People playing golf, the number of members at golf clubs has gone through the roof. And now we're going to make the game harder. A game that, by the way, is already very hard. Bryce, yeah. you made this point previously. It's not yeah. like anyone walks off a golf course and goes, yeah, that was easy today, wasn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. No one walks off and goes, do you know what? I was hitting it too far today. <laughs> <laughs> so let's make a, a game that is flying harder. There's a bit of cognitive dissonance there, surely. My biggest concern is that this is just more negative PR for a sport that doesn't need any more negative PR. You just said it then, the game is absolutely flying. People are joining golf clubs more than they've ever done so before. And that is unbelievable. What, what do we call it? The COVID boom, we keep calling it, don't we? But I said earlier that I genuinely worry this will turn into golf's Brexit. And it's six years away. That's six years of going back and forth about all this. And if you're an outsider, whether you're someone who hasn't started playing the game yet or someone who is looking to take up the game, I think I would be looking in if I was outside the golf's echo chamber. I think I would be looking in and going, those guys, like, what the fuck are they going on about? Like, what is all this about? I don't understand. Like, golf is, as you said, Bryce, is hard enough as it is. 
why would I go and take up this sport, which they are actively making it more difficult for me to achieve so that, the goal that, of putting the golf ball in the hole? That's the question. I, I am a just for for on the record, I'm a long time anti rollbacker. I d- I don't want rollbacking. <laughs> rollbacking is that a new term? However, I I'll be honest. I might have changed my mind. Really? Yeah. I am. I am. I am still. I'm gladly on that fence. <laughs> but believe me, it hurts my ass sitting <laughs> on that fence. However. I have done, I've read everything, I've researched it, and when you look at the timings, which you'll see on my piece tonight, I lay it all out. I'll summarise some of it now. But Bryson, I believe Bryson is at fault for this. You're Blame. blaming Bryson DeChambeau for the rollback. Bryson is the reason this has happened. Bryson DeChambeau said, I believe I'm going to get an advantage over everyone if I can just bomb and gouge it. He added 40 to 50 pounds. The guy ate six to eight, drank six to eight protein shakes a day. He concentrated on his speed and he started launching bombs. And he said, I don't care what anyone says, I am doing this. But we all have the option to do that. And we all have the option to do that. And he said, I'm on this. The guy then won the US Open by six shots. He was the only player under par. He hit three fairways on the Saturday of the US (coughs) Open. He hit wedges. It was disgraceful. Then Rory McIlroy said that weekend, that is effectively, that's not how you win a US Open. And he did. I honestly think that spooked the USGA, not because of what Bryson did, but what what future Brysons could do. What happens if all the other players thought, you know what, I'm going to do that? Because Rory did. Then Rory couldn't hack it. And actually, down the line, Bryson actually stopped doing it as well. He sort of calmed down and realised it wasn't sustainable. But what, there's a massive what if. What if some tour players go, you know what, I can do that. And, and all the timings he put, I put out, you know, Fred, Lib- Fred Ludley was the one, the, the chairman of Augusta National said, the authorities need to do something about this. Because effectively, if you don't, we will. And he put them under the microscope. And here we are. Under the years, microscope? Yeah. That, he threw them under the bus, yeah, let, yeah. let's be honest. Two years later, here we are. He built a $68 million, whatever it was, media centre at the bottom range. end of the driving range. You can't move that. I've sat so what's going to happen? Is the ball going to yeah, come through the window? I have sat in that <laughs> driving that, range. It was a pretty passive-aggressive flex, that, I, I, wasn't it? Yeah, I've sat in that media centre. And believe me, there's a tree <laughs> 40, 50 yards. There are four or five balls under that every year. It's, they're not far away. So it's not about now. This whole decision, discussion is not about now. It's about the future. And if you do care about, you know, the world's best golf courses, because sport golf is the only sport that has a link to history. It's the only one. We play on the same golf courses that we did where old Tom Morris, James Braid and these legends of the game played. And I don't think it's right. I've changed my mind. I don't think it's right if we just bypassed that and went to modern. Can't leave those courses behind. Can't leave them behind. And they have to do something. We're talking about major championship venues and tour venues so it's we're actually talking about a really tiny proportion of golf exactly. courses which no, is the fence i'm sitting on yeah exactly and i'm the same because nobody around this table or potentially listening to this is going to pl- pluck one out the air sunningdale no one none no one in this room is going to sunningdale and tearing it up because they can hit it a bit further yeah. it's just not happening so in 2030 so what one argument from the pro rollbackers is that, oh, we'll be able to take major championships back to venues like Sunningdale, or we'll be able to take big tournaments back to venues like Sunningdale. 
is that going to happen? That's the big question for me. Because it's, there's a lot of noise about it. So if yeah. we get to 2030 and Sunningdale is still just somewhere for average rich, posh people to go and knock about. The minimum, the minimum gain from an average, a loss from an average tour pro is nine yards. So the answer to that is no. No. The answer to that is no. This is the, the very few number of tour players that can launch it are the ones that will be affected. Mm. The rest will just fall in line. But we're changing. This is my point. I'm conflicted by it because we're changing an entire sport. Because the sport itself, the people who have the influence, the tour pros and the equipment manufacturers said no to the previous idea. Yeah. So I actually, in some ways, this is, I looked at this from afar and I thought, this is quite a ballsy move by the RNA and USGA. They've gone out in March and they said, how's about we just change it for you guys? And everyone seemingly that was affected went, nah, no, yeah, no, not happening. And they went, so effectively called the organisations, the governing bodies bluff to say, nah. And the governing body's response was not to go, all right, fine, then we'll just leave it. They've gone, well, you don't want that? In that case, everyone is I having this. Have some of this. But then it's 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 just one part of the industry that's getting killed, which is the, the golf ball. I mean, that is brutal. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at drivers. Drivers were 190cc, you know, some 30 years ago. They're now 460. <laughs> you can hit it all over the face. The, the technology is incredible, you know. You've shafts got sweet are, spots on drivers that are the yeah, size of a 50 shafts are, piece. Shafts are longer, stronger. Lighter, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, the balls are faster, longer. We all know that. The, the big thing is like the, the, the agronomy in golf courses. <laughs> Roll back the lawnmowers! Fairways are now like <laughs> greens. You know, our greens are now like fairways. It's just, yep. there, there's there's proof that yeah. the length of grass has changed massively in the last 40, 50 years. You can't, you just can't ignore that. And the biggest thing is that players are actually physically wanting to be properly strong physical athletes they were not like that in the 1788 and the 1980s yes it sounds like a terrible thing to say but go and watch 1980s golf there's beer bellies everywhere (laughs) (laughs) they're not going to hit the ball the way they're hitting it now i'm sorry they're not on the point you're making there about this being essentially to summarize it you're talking about this as a sum of a lot of parts it's not just equipment so i'm going to give you a sneak peek ladies and gents of the next issue of Bunkered, which will be out next week, I think it is. And I spoke to Martin Slumbers, the chief executive of the RNA, and I put this point to him that, you know, this is about more than just clubs and balls. Players are more athletic than they were 20, 30, 40 years ago. Agronomy has changed. No one is calling for anyone to roll back the tractors and the lawnmowers. I mean, as facetious as that sounds. So I said to him, is it simply the case that clubs and balls are the easiest thing to fix? So that's what you're fixing. He said, well, there's long been the view that relative mix is those three issues. Physical capability, golf course preparation and technology. Lots of people argue how that gets split up. We should never hold golfers back from developing in terms of physical capability. I think that's quite right. You can't put locks and chains on gyms, Mm -hmm. for example. I don't think anyone would like that. I don't think that's something that's ever crossed my mind. Good. We absolutely shouldn't change the sustainability issues because I think that is important to the environment. Hmm, a little bit of obfuscation, you might say. So it comes back to the point of balancing skill and technology. The key bit to me is ensuring that distance doesn't dominate the conversation or the way in which the game is being played. I feel sometimes the conversation, whether in the golf club or in magazines or on TV, is more about how far the ball was hit as opposed to what the score was. And Alex, on that point, breaking news... I can't listen to it because clearly I've got my headphones plugged into something else. But Rory McIlroy has just given an interview to Sky Sports News 
The headline on the tweet from Rory, I think this change will make the game more skillful again. Is that something that you, mid-teens handicapper, are really worried about or do you just want to bomb it as far as you can? No, not at all. I, I, I joked about it earlier saying nobody's ever walked off a golf course going, I, I, sh- I, 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 I was hitting it too far. Rory McIlroy and players of his level of ability have the skill to be able to manipulate their golf ball and be able to do that. That's why they're the best in the world. You know, uh, okay, you can make the argument for football. Like I can kick a football into the top corner of a goal, but I can't, you know, I can't, not Lionel Messi, I can't beat seven La Liga players and stick it in the top corner and score a goal. I can't win the World Cup. There's, there's levels to this. Rory McIlroy is one of, if not the best player in the world. So he should be able to play equipment and do that. And this, again, this is why I think bifurcation perhaps is an option because he should be playing equipment that is that he can manipulate golf balls. So nobody wants to watch a PGA Tour event where they're just bombing it down the middle. I get bored watching PGA Tour at some run-of-the-mill PGA Tour event where they're just bombing it down the middle, flicking a wedge onto the green, two putts move on, or one putt. You know, the, the winning score is, tw- what was it, like a couple of weeks ago? Like 29 under par. It's interesting. It's, it's yeah, dull as the, shit the, to watch. The, the, the scoring is not the issue here. It's how they're scoring. That's what's pissing people off. And noticeably today, the PGA talked of talked about needing a diverse skill set to succeed at the top level. The PGA Tour don't actually advertise that. They talk about, they do promote the fact that guys hit massive bombs. We all make jokes about it. You know, they loved it when when uh, uh, Phil was talking, about, what is it, with salacious seats? Hellacious seats. And <laughs> and the salacious stuff. part was something else. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, that's what they promote on their their. Channels, yeah, their social media is full they of. They don't. They don't big really. Drives. Here's Tony Fino and his diverse skill set today. <laughs> it's but, just not there. But, that but the reality is, is, is the, that's the, that's boring to watch. The yeah. reality is that is boring to watch. What the bombs? Yeah, yeah. I. I it's one dimensional. It, it is yeah. one dimensional, and and that's not what we want. So you can take. I, I have to take my a backseat. You know what? See for the betterment of the game down the line. We don't want. We don't want to create a one dimensional future golfer. You know, I know uh, Gavin Abson is on our teaching panel. Gavin said this before. He and other teaching pros have all spoken about this. There is an element when you're teaching kids these days, you just tell them to hit it as hard as they can. That's what they're teaching You kids. can't teach length, yeah. but you can teach them to hit it straighter. Yeah. Just hit it as mm-hmm. hard as you can. Because when you're 24 years old, if you're not able to hit it far, you never will. But when you're the person doing it, so when it's me or you or Michael smashing it as far as we can down the middle of the fairway, that's an absolute thrill. Yeah. That's the thrill we get out of the game. And if we leave ourselves a wedge into the green, that's an even bigger thrill. Because if you're not really you yourself a nine but, iron, but would us, you be worried by that though? You can still hit it far. You're just going to hit yeah, it probably course. five yards less. Course, and then instead of a pitching wedge, it'll be a nine. But that's what we were saying at the top of the show, wasn't it? About the fact that the, this really does feel like a storm in a teacup. Because when I've got a nine iron or a wedge into a green my thrill from that is oh, i could get a birdie here because i don't get very many birdies and neither do you and neither yeah, do you yeah. and neither do a lot of people listening to this whereas birdies are just a uh well i was gonna say an everyday thing for these guys but it's literally like an every other whole thing mm-hmm. yeah and it's just not as fun to watch at I do, all I do, my, you you were talking sorry uh, you were talking about the 80s and 90s then and yeah they were all fat and beer bellies and not all of looked them, like they <laughs> looked Greg like they wasn't. could have killed over at any moment but you watch how fun are those videos when they pop up all over social media of 
you know, Seve hitting these ludicrous shots round yeah. corners and things like that. And, yeah, there's videos and you got Trevino hitting, hitting irons. I mean, the noise he makes with those irons, those three or four exactly. irons, is just it's. And that it's gives you that tingle inside, yeah, doesn't yeah. it, to watch? But, that, I, but you said at the top of this price that this isn't going far enough. Is it going far enough to bring that back, what we were just describing? No, I don't think it is. Nine yards for average tour, plo- tour pros, 13 yards for the longest players on tour. I so the game will be harder, ever, but it won't be any more skillful but, necessarily. But this makes me think this is the start. They managed to keep it very, very quiet that they were going to start looking at drivers. So everyone yeah. knew they were doing this. Nobody had a clue they were looking at drivers. They managed to keep that very quiet. So it's ve- I find that very interesting. You know, they've already talked about grooves, you know, of all, all sorts of discussions on on the ball. We are now we're now looking at drivers and whether those drivers is there something they can do. So whether in four years, five years, they'll fix it. I'm also I've said this before, I'm also massively impressed at their timing. So it can take the RNA and the USGA like twelve years to do things. <laughs> this is only, I think, I think this is only the first time they've looked at this in a grand scale for twenty years. So they have now made this decision. This is coming in at the end of two thousand twenty-seven, so the start of two thousand twenty-eight for tour players. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, and then twenty thirty for AMS. Tell you yep. what, that's not far away. That that is not far away. Two thousand thirty for amateurs for the rest of us. That is. That's pretty quick. So I imagine the manufacturers are going to be pretty miffed. You know, look at look at some of the... Like, TaylorMade have opened a, a ball plant, you know, 10 years ago. Callaway just spent 50 million, 55 million plus getting an upgrade of their uh, manufacturing tolerances and their mm-hmm. systems to improve ball quality. And There's been huge investment in golf absolutely invested balls. in that. Yeah. They're all over their golf ball and it's phenomenal. Titleist Pro V1... They're going to launch a new Pro V1 in 13 months. Imagine you're sitting, imagine you're in the Titleist boardroom right now. I mean, there are financial implications for this are, uh, frankly, terrifying. Scary, yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. The big question is, down the line when that comes in, how will this be affected? So, i tell you what, we sound as though we are scaremongering. Let's look at it. Let's try and not do that. Let's look at the other side and say, what if this isn't a big deal? What if some of the manufacturers say, you know what, fine. Let's create a ball that people can get the most out of. Is it? Is it the worst thing in the world? <laughs> Let's try and answer the other side of the question. I honestly, I'm so conflicted because I don't have the answer to that. I don't have the answer to it either. I'm, I'm in exactly the same boat, being conflicted. What I would say is that I, I, I'd really love to know how people who have advocated for a rollback for a very long time, and we all know who they are, how they are feeling right now. Are they celebrating? Are they a bit deflated because it's not quite what they want? It's not going Mm -hmm. far enough. I think that in some ways, the fact that we're going, yeah, it's kind of a big deal, might not make that much difference, might not change the skill as much as we think it will. I think because we're doing that, the RNA and USG, if you hear this, will go, we've done our job. We've managed to upset people the the very least amount that we could you know there's not one side that's celebrating there's not one side that's furious everyone's just going could be better could be worse that's how i think it will be I mean, just those, now those people you're referring to want us to go back to playing with balls made of feathers so, which is obscene yeah that's, absolutely that's, that's obscene. the yeah, other end of that. the scale isn't it yeah. but i, I think always, it, I, sorry i was always get annoyed when i see people and actually <laughs> sorry Bryce, but you, you you referred to in the in the piece that we've plugged this piece heavily by the way people are going to be 
climbing all over the bunker <laughs> website tonight to read your piece. But you made reference in it to golf being an art form. And that always makes me cringe a bit. And that's the first I've ever seen you do that. I've seen a lot of other people make that comment. You know, golf is an art form. It's art, not science. It's none of that. It's a sport. Yeah. You know, how many other sports are flouncing about calling themselves an art? There is a <laughs> skill to playing golf really well. There's a skill to being able to hit shots in a particular way and have that much ball control. I'm sorry. It does not make it an art. Let's let's can that chat. I mean you can make back to talking about you can make the sport. Art, you can make the artistic argument for any sport really, can't you? Whether you're uh, but you only know, golf a, does. a nice a nice cross court backhand or yeah, actually tennis, there's a good example. Tennis is a sport that rolled back the, mm-hmm. the ball. So yeah. but, they had to roll back the javelin because they were going to start killing people. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm glad you gave that a shout out. This is a piece by Lewis, our colleague. And I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, did, I didn't know that until I read his piece. So the, 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 they rolled back the javelin because people were throwing it onto the running track inside. Yeah. The, and they were scared they were going to spear think, a fucking stat, runner. Like the javelin record is like 20 years old. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They just yeah. can't throw it that far. So they basically had to put like wings you know, well, on it. Well, there's Impaling an interesting people, point though. Have we seen the longest drive we're ever going to see certainly in our lifetime have we seen that because that that honestly doesn't feel like a great thought yeah but are we talking about the the Kyle Berkshire 500 and whatever it was or are you talking about about PJ Tour here's the other thing here's the thing when you're watching the Masters in 2028 who will be world number one then? So when L- Ludwig Oberg yes. is going for his fourth master, more skin jacket <laughs> in a row, he's already tanned the open, and he's suddenly he's you know he's bombing three sixty-yard drives off the first, or he's hitting a three twenty off the first, and then he's you know he's three nine off the first. Are we all going? Oh, this this sucks. Probably not. No. No, no. We'll find something else to complain about. We'll say, oh, he's hitting it too straight. The technology allows him to not have to move the ball and it doesn't move at all. Yeah. The technology is helping him keep it on the The only thing I'm, I'm genuinely interested in is from the manufacturers and, and what they say about, you know, their production, how they're going to engineer that change. Yeah. That is a colossal change. They'll, know, they'll have known it was going to come. Mm-hmm. So they'll be prepared for it. But... How? Do you think they'll all take it on the chin? Well, it appears TaylorMade have taken it on the chin. I haven't seen anything from Callaway and I haven't seen anything No, from I've been keeping an eye out since Titleist, they've been there, since yeah. live. But do you think there'll be any resistance to this? From- I know the Titleist are not happy about it, obviously. They're the biggest selling golf ball in the world, I think. I could be wrong with a stat, but I think of the top six golf balls that are sold in the UK, five of them are Titleist. That was a long-time stat. Uh, if there's rumours to believe that... Uh, the only golf ball you'll be able to play in the current Titleist lineup is like a, is, or in a, a Cushionette lineup is like Pinnacle Soft or something like that because all the other balls would be illegal. That's frightening. That is. Do you have a Pinnacle Soft? Wholesale, wholesale somewhere, yeah. I've got a practice bag. <laughs> Might have to keep that. Yeah. That's going on eBay tonight. <laughs> but there's other things like secondhand golf balls. Oh, are screwed. Absolutely gutted. Screwed. Imagine your business was lake balls. Yeah, you're screwed. What now? So I genuinely, all those questions, you know, if you're working R&D, and they, these people that work in R&D, they're, in, they're intelligent folk, they're proper engineers. Yeah. You know, they, they are looking at tolerances every day, looking at all sorts of options, you know, substances, everything. They, they're, they're all over it. How do they work a way around so that they are still producing a golf ball that is, they think, superior to the competition? Because the competition's got a jump on them now. 
Sure, oh, that's true. That has to be the case. <laughs> Listen, we we could talk about this a lot more. We've been going for thirty five minutes, and I said I'd keep it to a tight thirty, but. Yeah, we're going to talk about this, I think, a lot more on next week's episode, which, by the way, will be the last episode of the year. And Bryce, you're stepping into the you're stepping into this chair or sitting in this chair. You will be hosting. Yes. Yeah, so not, listen, it's not going to be a problem. Well, <laughs> it's easy, isn't it? It's easy. <laughs> Look at it's not that difficult. Thanks. <laughs> no, but I mean, we'll talk more about it next week. I'm sure that by that time there'll be more reaction from the equipment manufacturers. I'm sure more golfers. Pro and Amalite will have had their say. The tours, no doubt, will be crafting their response. Live Golf's response to this will be particularly interesting, will it not? Will they accept it? Will they decide to just bend the rules of golf and create their very own live rules? Is, is that is that too unrealistic a possibility? Will Live Golf still be here in 2030? Oh, Alex, you went there. So, yeah, look, there's, there is going to be lots more to discuss, but we felt it was important to jump on this right now and just give you our knee-jerk reactions, our immediate responses to what is, not to put too fine a point in it, quite a significant moment for the sport of golf. So, gentlemen, final thoughts. Alex, from you first. How do you feel, good, bad or indifferent about this, if you were to sum it up? I am very much on the fence. I think we all are. I think we're going to get a lot of tweets saying you guys did not make an argument either way. <laughs> that was a waste of 35 minutes of my life. Uh, I, yeah, if, if you if you have a particularly strong opinion either way, please don't tweet me because I just uh, don't care. Um, <laughs> I, no, my, look, my, my overriding point in all this was that my biggest concern is that golf will come out of this looking bad again. And, we just don't need negative PR. So I'm genuinely just fingers crossed that that doesn't happen at the moment. So you're hoping for the best. I'm, I'm hoping for the best. Is, I think it's like the easiest way to put that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, this time next week, this time in January, you know, next summer, whenever more information comes out, maybe we'll have more yep. to be able to form a, a better opinion. But at the yeah. moment, my immediate reaction is please just don't let this look shit for the yeah. game. Bryce, it's well noted now. I think you are on the fence. <laughs> how is the view up there, first and foremost? And secondly, are you surprised at where you've ended up with this, given how you've been feeling about it up till now? Yeah, and I think that's what you do when you when you open your mind, I suppose, to the consequences, the ramifications of not doing something. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you look at what Bryson did and you look at Augusta National and all the great courses, should we be making these changes you know what, we probably should. I'm actually very surprised at some of the lack of anger from certain top people. I don't see anything from Titleist. Uh, TaylorMade appear to be reasonably upset at it, but they're not. You know, there was talk of them being sued mm -hmm. and, you know, the PGA Tour kicking off. And, and I, I don't, <laughs> We've had enough litigation, yeah, thank you. I think you. we've had to fill with that. But I do think Stand they down, have, Larry Clayman. I think they have entered the, the attempt to steady the future of the game subtly. Okay. I don't think they've gone in two-footed. This appears to be a bit of a start. So where we'll go in the next two, three years will be very interesting when they start looking at drivers. That, to me, that's when shit could kick off because drivers make big money. Less Roy Keane, more Martin Odegaard. <laughs> Something like that. That's a bit niche, isn't it? Sure. Anyway... <laughs> What a way to like end. Alex said, there is loads of stuff on the website, so go and check out bunker.co.uk. You'll get all the news that you need, you'll get all of the reaction that you need, you'll get more of our opinions. 
Get in touch with us on social media and stay tuned to the social media channels for Bunkered, obviously, Bunkered Online and all of us as well, where we'll be sharing our thoughts and trying to keep you updated because this feels like it's going to run and run, unlike the golf ball, which will now run shorter and shorter. That is it for now, ladies and gents. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Bryce and Alex, for jumping on this. Much appreciated indeed. And thank you, Callaway, for your continued support. Until next week, bye-bye for now.